Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So as the people of God, we want to be with the people of God. Even if it means like it did for Moses, you got to suffer when it says in Hebrews 11.24. Hebrews 11.24, when it says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Church should never be, for anyone, for any believer, should never be something that we have to do, but it should be something that we want to do. You know what's sad? It's sad to see believers not want to come to church, not want to be with the people of God. That's why we're told in Hebrews 10.25, Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what it's saying there in Hebrews 10.25, Hebrews 10.25 is that we're not to forsake church the assembling of ourselves together. And when the verse goes on to say that we need to exhort one another, what it's talking about there is, is an application of that is to encourage feather believe, feather, fellow believers, come to church, come to church, be part of the, of the people of God. It's important that, we're gonna, that we do this. We're gonna be together, like it or not, we're gonna be together for eternity. <laughs> but in what God calls something special for the people of God, in Hebrews 4.9, Hebrews 4.9, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. The people of God. Great, great phrase, the people of God. The people of God is what Jacob is talking about in verse 28 when he's to be gathered with his people. So what a great way, what a wonderful way to view death, not as the end of the road, but as the beginning of the road, where the, where the, where the road starts, new adventures with the people of God. Well, this was the hope that that God held out to Abraham. When, when God told Abraham in, in Genesis 15, 15, Genesis 15, 15, when he said to Abraham, thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace and be buried in a good age, good old age. Now, that was the first time in the Bible, by the way, that it's referencing here being buried at death. And God promised Abraham that he would at death be gathered to his fathers in peace. So with Abraham, he's now described as being gathered to the, to the people of God. And since Abraham is known as the father of faith, that means the, the people of God are, are the people of faith. And for the, for the believer, the people of God are believers, are people of fellow faith. And, and if family members are believers, they're part of the people of God. But if family members are not believers, they're not part of the people of God. 
So that meant that, that, that there were, when, when God told this to Abraham, so you're going to be gathered to your fathers, that meant that there were believers before Abraham, like Noah, for example. So it shows that our real family are believers, are believers. So when, when Abraham did die, then his, life, his, his death was described like that in Genesis 25.8. Genesis 25.8 where it says, Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died a good old age, an old man full of years, and was gathered to his people, and then he was buried. So Abraham's body died while Abraham was gathered to his people. So this description of death, of, of being gathered to the people of God that are in faith, was part of Abraham's life, was part of Isaac's life, when it says in, in Genesis 35, 29, Genesis 35, 29, Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days, and his sons, Esau and Jacob, buried him. It's a very important sequence there. A very important sequence in that description of what happens to the moment of death. Very important. So, well, you know, in, for example, little little kid comes up to you and asks you, what happens when you die? You know, you know the kids always have these great questions. Who is God? And where, where is heaven? What happens to you when you die? So the answer for the believer, for the believer is, first, there's a final breath. That's what the Bible calls uh, uh, giving up the ghost. That's what's called medical terms, the apnea of death. And it's this gasping. And then there's the final breath that's giving up the ghost. Second, there's the death of the body. Obviously, the oxygen stops, the body dies. But third, in this sequence is described for Isaac here, there is this gathering to the people of God. Gathering to the people. And then last, there is this burial. Now, I, you know, and, and I know when people, you know, go to a funeral home or something like that, and they want to know, well, you know, where, where they're asking where the corpse is, you know, they, anyways. And, and, and it says, but they put it in terms of where is he? You know, <laughs> which room is he in? Well, the truth is he's not here. But it says, really, after death, the person is not there. So, but, but, so we have this one, two, three, four sequence, which is laid out. First, last breath. Second, body dies. Third, person is gathered to his people. Fourth, burial. That's the sequence. That's the sequence of what happens. That's the one, two, three, four sequence. And just as sure as the last breath of death and the, and the death of the body, there is the gathering to the people. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And notice this. And so the sequence is like that. Okay. So by the time he was buried, Isaac was buried, for example, he was already gathered to his people, just like it says in 2 Corinthians 5 8. 2 Corinthians 5 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present from the Lord, as a present from the Lord. Okay, now, for the next four verses, Jacob here is going to spend his time commanding his sons to bury him in Canaan. Now, the most time that Jacob spent on any of his sons was five verses. Okay, He did that for Judah and Joseph. And the rest of them had less verses. But Jacob here is spending four verses on commanding his sons to bury him in the exact place that, that he needed to be buried in Canaan. Now, he already got his favorite son, Joseph, who after all is the most powerful man in, 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 in Egypt there. He already got him to promise that, that he was going to bury him in Canaan. That was done in, in the previous chapter, in chapter 47, verse 29. Chapter 47, verse 29, it says, The time drew nigh that Israel must die. 
he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, deal kindly and truly with me, bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I'll lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me up out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. And he said unto them, said unto, and he said, Joseph said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he, being Joseph, he swear unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. Okay, now, you know, you read all that and you say, okay, he's, he's done it. He was an elaborate process. It's all happened there. He's got the hand. He, he makes Joseph put his hand under his thigh, you know, as if to say, I got all my weight relying on you. And, and, and he gets this solemn promise to bury him in Canaan. So, he, so again, you know, Joseph's hand is under Jacob's thigh. He's, he, and, he, and, he, and he promises he's going to do that. And even that wasn't good enough for, for Jacob. So Jacob asked Joseph, now, no, no, that's not good enough. Now you swear to me that, that you're, you're going to bury me in Canaan. And so he swears to him. He's going to bury him in Canaan, and, and that's it. So why is Jacob not happy with that? I mean, you know, he's gone to, why is Jacob not happy with this double promise that he got from, from Joseph, his favorite son, who's going to bury him in Canaan? Why does he now turn to his sons and feel he must? With his dying breath, his last breath, command his sons to bury him in these, these five verses here. Anyway, it was like Jacob is dying, and, and everyone he sees, he's getting them to promise they're going to bury him in Canaan, you know. First Joseph, now his sons, and, 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 and if the janitor happened to walk in, he'd say, you got to promise me you're going to bury me in. I mean, it's like he's really worked up over this. Why was this so critical? Why is this so critically important for Jacob that he's, that, that, I mean, he, you know, he wasn't going to be in his body. I mean, who cares where his body ends up? He, you know, he's going to, he, he's, he's going to, body's going to deteriorate. So that he's got to get anyone and everyone to promise to bury him in Canaan. Why do you think so? Why do you think it's so important? Yes. Okay. Because it's the promised land, right? Because Canaan is the land of promise. That's the land that God promised to Jacob, even though Jacob was in Egypt, Jacob wanted his body to be buried in Canaan, and he wanted to be clear that Jacob believed God literally, literally. You know, he didn't say, he didn't have, he didn't have a replacement theology. Well, you know, Egypt has replaced Canaan. It's much nicer. No. So he, he says, he looked at Egypt. It was nicer. It was more fruitful. Life was easier. And, and for his family and he in, in Egypt, but he wanted to make it clear. He believed that God had, call, had called Canaan his home. And then, now, 3,000 years later, after Jacob has made this statement, this is important for the, for the descendants of Jacob, you know, the, the Jewish people, of where they're going to have the, the, the Jewish homeland. Did you know that, well, did you know that Theodore Herzl was the, actually the father of Zionists? He was the father of this, we got to go back to Israel. Israel. We gotta have a Jewish homeland, I should say. In Zion, we gotta have a Jewish homeland. And, and, and so Theodore Herzl, he looked at Canaan, he looked at the land of Israel, and he realized that that place has got malaria and, and bullets that are shot from the Arabs. And, and so, and then he started to look around at various other places where there could be a Jewish homeland, and he, he got an interest in Uganda, of all places. And, and he, and that was also under British authority at that time. And he actually got, he got, Chamberlain in, uh, to, in, in England to, to actually give permission for a part of Uganda to be the Jewish homeland. So he actually obtained from Britain an allocation 
of land in Uganda to be the Jewish homeland. And so, so that was Uganda was going to replace Israel. But, you know, when he brought all this to the Congress in Basel, Switzerland, and then there was a rebellion over this. So with the burial of his body, uh, Jacob was making the statement that his people today, 400 years later, 3,000 years later, they needed to return to the land of Canaan and not stay in Egypt and not go down to Uganda. I don't even know if you knew about Uganda there. But anyway, there's nothing wrong with Uganda. I've been to Uganda. It's a very nice place. I've been to Uganda, I've been to Israel, but it's just not the land that was promised to, to Jacob, that's all. And, and so Jacob wanted to make clear by the burial of his body, you know, he, he, he was trying to say to his sons, you all, you know, you, 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 you go back there, don't go down there, you know, <laughs> Uganda. So, okay, that's one reason. Another reason, as Don pointed out, because he couldn't trust his sons, but, yeah. Okay, what, what, you know, do you have any other reasons why you think that... Uh, it was so important for Jacob to, to make all this point about where you're going to bury me. Um, at this point, Jacob is, is ever the leader, ever the guide, not just of his son Joseph, but as, as Clinton pointed out, of all of his sons. He is guiding them. It says in Hebrews 11 that it was by faith that Jacob gave commandment concerning his bones. So what he's doing here is to guide the whole family, you got to go where God has promised, the land where God has promised. Okay, I'll come across it later. But anyway, the other reason why it was so uh, critical for, for him to make this choice, to make this, this big deal, is, is that Jacob, when he does this, is really lining up with Moses, where it talks about also in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11. Great faith chapter. Hebrews eleven twenty four talks about by faith, we already read this, by faith when Moses was come to years, he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God and it's and it, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And then it says that he esteemed the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So what this is saying here is that Moses looked at Egypt and said, very nice, very nice place, but I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose God over pleasures. And when Jacob came into all this wealth in Egypt that Pharaoh gave him, don't forget that, that Pharaoh, when he first met, when he came up the subject about Jacob, Pharaoh said in Genesis 45, 18, Genesis 45, 18, take your father and your households, come unto me, and I'll give you the good of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. So that was quite an offer. So this is what Jacob is saying. He wants to make it very clear by this burying where his bones are going to be buried that he did not say, not bad, very nice, very nice. I think I'll choose Egypt to live in instead of Canaan. No, which is what most people would have done. What most people would have done, they said, oh, yeah, of course, it's obvious. I'm going to choose all these riches and wealth of Egypt over the poverty of Canaan. And he, so he wanted to make it very clear that for him personally, he had rejected Egypt, and he, and he chose God's choice for him, which was Canaan. That was a very important statement that he was making and he was going where he was going to be buried. But really, he, and when he's doing this, he's looking forward to beyond Canaan, beyond Canaan, to heaven. He's got, his, he's got his sight fixed and his thoughts fixed on heaven. 
eternal rest. Now, this is where uh, I found the verse. It's in Hebrews 11.22. Hebrews 11.22, when it says, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. This is what you were saying, is that he is now gathering all his children together, and he's commanding them, now you follow me. I am your leader. And this is why he was saying he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel in Hebrews 11.22. He he said, look, my bones are one thing, but what I'm doing by these bones is I am now telling you that you all are going to leave. You all are going to leave. So this, this firm decision to be buried in, 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 in Canaan, he's reminding his descendants, you're going to leave Egypt. You're going to leave. And this was the main reason why Jacob gave this commandment for his bones to be buried in Canaan. And, and even as he's dying, he's leading his family for the, and he's leading his family. Look for your opportunity to leave Egypt. Actually, it wasn't going to be much of a choice that we're going to be chased out, but he didn't know that. And return to Canaan. Ever the leader leading his family in his death to leave Egypt, to leave Egypt. Now, we see Jacob telling his family by this, so you're going to leave, don't love Egypt. That's what he's saying. Because we understand that, that if, if Jacob was, was there at that, well, he was there. But if Jacob, anyway, he could have said these words to them. First John 2, First John 2, 15. He could have, he could have looked at it as he dying. He could have said, you know, carry my bones, bury them there. Why? Because love not the world, First John 2.15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Love not Egypt, neither the things that are in Egypt. If any man love the world, if any man love Egypt, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, all that's in Egypt, is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It's not of the Father. It's not of the Father, but it's of the, it's of the world. It's of Egypt. The world passes away, and Egypt is going to pass away. And the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. He could have said that. He could have, he could have looked at his sons and said to them, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to Egypt. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is the reason why Jacob was having his bones for sure to get buried in in Canaan. And because God's going to lead them out, then they needed to be ready to go. They needed to be ready to go. Now, that's the same reason why Joseph, in the, in the next chapter, why Joseph wanted his bones to be buried in Canaan. So the last few verses of the book, of the next chapter, Genesis 50, verse 24, Genesis 50, verse 24, Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which you swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph, not Jacob now, Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him. He's put in a coffin in Egypt, but he was buried in Canaan. Okay, in essence, both Jacob and Joseph were saying by making these very firm prior arrangements that their bones were gonna be buried in Egypt is that they were saying that God is going to lead you out of Egypt, and, and you need to be ready to go. You just need to be ready to go. The fact that the last verses in the book of Genesis are Joseph telling the children of Israel that they needed to be ready to go when God led them out is a strong statement. It's a strong statement for us. We need to live our lives that we are ready to go. 
ready to go to heaven at any moment. Like the Lord said in Matthew 24, 42. Matthew 24, 42, he said, watch therefore, be ye, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. He would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such a time as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. So this is what Jacob and Joseph are doing here. They're saying, be ye also ready. Be ye also ready. Ready to leave. Now, it happened to have been 400 years later that they left Egypt, but they were challenged to live a life all the time so that they're ready at any moment to leave. And Jacob lived his life as ready to go. Like you can see in verse 18 of this chapter when he says, Genesis 49, 18, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Well, it was 400 years later, but they did come out and he was saying, just be ready. We're in the same situation today. We're in the same situation today. We read the New Testament and we read, we read things like uh, in James 5, 8, James 5, 8, be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. We read that. And then we read Hebrews 10.37. Hebrews 10.37. Yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Well, those things were written 2,000 years ago. You know, it's like, it's the 2,000 years. And, and 2,000 years ago, they were saying, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And, and, and coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And, and, and get ready, get ready. You know, that, that was the hallmark, that was a hallmark in Pastor Jim's life. He was always looking for the coming of the Lord. Remember one time they did a video here, he was standing in that, that door out there, and they, and they said, you know, Pastor Jim, what do you have to say? And he said, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. <laughs> that was the way he was. So, so the reason it's so important to live like that, live being ready to go, looking toward heaven, is because of what it says about all the people who died in faith in Hebrews 11.13. Hebrews 11.13 says, these all died in faith. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. 